uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to Out Loud. Omnichannel communication has become a fundamental part of customer service interactions in the modern world. Gone are the days of just being able to call an organisation to communicate with them. Now consumers have a myriad of options from traditional voice to text, chat and social media channels. Zendesk are one of the world's leading providers of customer service and support software and they examined why and how companies are using Omnichannel to improve their CX provision. Their benchmark report analysed data from more than 45,000 of their customers in over 140 countries. Ted Smith from Product Marketing at Zendesk joins me on the podcast to tell me all about it. I started by asking Ted why they looked at this research in the first place. Have a listen. At its core, like, you know, we've all had that bad customer experience, right? You know, I was, uh, as an example, I was... um, my wife and I just got a new puppy and we are extremely excited to get our new puppy into the water. Um, but the life jacket we ordered last week, we just realized it didn't show up. Um, and so we were here, here we were planning this great day with our dog and, and suddenly the life jacket we need for the puppy didn't show up. And so I, you know, I jumped on the phone, called up the vendor and frankly, we just got the runaround. You know, they didn't know who I was. They didn't know where our order was. And, it frankly turned this, you know, it was supposed to be just a, a fun day with my wife and my dog into this really frustrating experience for me. And so, you know, at, at our core, that's what sort of Zendesk is out to do. We want to help companies avoid those bad customer experiences and, and really, uh, frankly, you know, deliver great experiences to their customers. But as it relates to the benchmark, um, you know, we're really lucky in that we have um, over 100,000 customers who work with Zendesk. And what that means is, we have companies large and small using our software and we have the ability to, to understand sort of how they're using, how they're using our software to, to serve their own customers. Right. And that's what the benchmark is about. It's about looking at how our own customers use our product and how that allows them to service their own customers. And then taking that data and and really sort of understanding what are the best practices, like how can we leverage this data to help our customers actually deliver better experiences for their own, their own end users. And that's kind of, that's what's behind the benchmark. We want, we really want to, um, we want to leverage, you know, what our customers are doing and kind of share that knowledge uh, with everyone who will listen. I, I love, first of all, I love a dog related item customer. So I've actually just ordered some various different accessories for the dog. I won't go into them because they're, because they're quite embarrassing, but I, I feel your pain with customer service. So in terms of, you guys are obviously in a unique position because you're able to leverage that huge amount of data that you've got from your customers to, to look at these sort of insights. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I touched on it before, but we have um, almost 50,000 customers um, whose data is included in the Zendesk benchmark. And so, yeah, what that means is we really do get some deep insight into how different companies are using our product and how different companies are thinking about kind of servicing their own customers. Um, you know, there's data in there from, from small one or two person companies all the way up to, you know, fortune 100 companies that are, um, are using their software to engage with their customers in different ways. And so, yeah, it really gives us this great opportunity to kind of look at these customers, you know, the customer service uh, approach of these different companies and see how they're doing it differently across company size and region and industry. And, and it really, yeah, it ultimately allows us to get some, some really good insights into how these different companies are servicing their customers. Well, well, that's what I was going to ask next was 
in terms of you've taken a, a canvas of the entire customer base in terms of the different verticals and industries so that that must give you it must be able to draw a, a, a huge number of different parallels from all of the different verticals yeah i mean what's interesting one of the things we see is that you know every company is different every vertical is different but we do actually see some pretty interesting trends that that play out across a lot of those verticals um you know one of the things that really jumped out at me as we sort of as we released these reports is um you know we're actually seeing live channels so if you think about voice and and chat we're actually seeing these channels growing really fast and i think if we take a step back and we think about sort of the nature of what's going on in the world we all have this mobile device in our hand like we want to interact with with each other and with the businesses we we talk to we want to we want to just do it faster and easier right and and live channels are are one way we're seeing companies do that um and it really showed up in the benchmark we actually saw that that um companies are, are adopting live channels at a really fast clip, um, which again, just demonstrates kind of the, the need to be able to service customers, you know, in real time. And we're, we're seeing that in the data. And as you said, so that rise in, in live channels, that's only a, a, a part of uh, customer communication means, isn't it? We're in the era of omni-channel and as you said, lives there. One, all of those different communication methods offer a different insight potentially, don't they, from, from the benchmark report? They do. And I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that, that we hear time and time again when talking to our customers is, is it, it really just does, it depends on the company. You know, every customer is different and, any, and every company is different. And so if we think about omni-channel and sort of how we define it, it, it ultimately needs to be defined by the, by the business themselves, right? Because they have their own unique set of customers that want to that wanna interact with that business um, in their own unique way. But um, you know, one of the things we are seeing, though, and this, this absolutely showed up in the data, was um, omnichannel is it's getting harder, right? Omnichannel as a concept has been around for a while, but omnichannel, we see it getting harder because, you know, look, in this digital world, there are more channels, right? Uh, it's no longer just about email and phone. You've got social channels, you've got chat and all in messaging apps and all these different ways that companies want to that companies are interacting with their customers. Um, and then, you know, I touched on this earlier, but we as consumers, we expect more today, right? We expect immediate responses. We expect companies to just be available wherever we want them to be. Um, and again, that's one of the things we're seeing up, seeing show up in the data. You know, more companies are going on the channel, more companies are adding these live channels. Um, and it's because of the, it's because of those shifts I just talked about, you know, companies, they have to be where their customers want them to be, and, and that means going omnichannel. And with the with the rise of omnichannel, I know from my own personal experience. Do you what does the research say, what does the research show in terms of customer service over the phone? Because I, I seem to the phone is almost a last resort. I don't know what that says about me that I'd rather not talk to anyone. But but first of all, I I will try a chat. And probably recently over over the last sort of year eighteen months, eighty percent of the the issues I am able to resolve without having to get on the phone. So how relevant is that phone customer service still, still in the omni-channel era? Yeah. I mean, I, th I think the, the relevance depends on, on the company and the industry, but the, the short answer is it's very relevant. I mean, again, what, what we're seeing in the data more broadly is that um, 
the, the customer gets to define how they want to interact with the business, right? It's no longer about a business saying, you know, opening up email or, or phone and saying, those are the only two ways you can communicate with me. You know, you and I as consumers, like you said, you know, sometimes I want to chat, sometimes I want to email, sometimes I want to self-serve, and sometimes I want to, I want to pick up the phone. And I expect the businesses that I'm talking to to be there. And so we absolutely see that, that phone is still an important channel for many businesses because that's, that's where their customers want them to be. Um, there's, a, there's a really interesting insight that we saw, which was when a customer reaches out to support to a business multiple times, more often than not, those, those different interactions are happening on different channels. And this is really eye-opening to us. And this says, look, you know, that same customer, you know, on Monday, they might want to chat with you. And then on Tuesday, they might want to pick up the phone. Um, and that was really insightful to us just to see how many customers were actually using multiple channels to, to reach out to their to the businesses that they that they do business with. In terms of market verticals and adoption of omnichannel, has retail been the fastest to to adopt the full benefits of omnichannel? And if so, why do you, why do you think that might be? Yeah, we've seen definitely retail is one of those industries that that's at the forefront of adopting omnichannel. And, um, you know, in my opinion, it comes down to a couple of things. So first, you know, retail has kind of always been omnichannel, right? If we think about the history of retail, you know, it started out in brick and mortar stores, they moved to online catalog, you know, to mail order catalogs, and then they moved to digital. So retail has already spent the last 30, 50 years going omnichannel and sort of interacting with their customers, uh, you know, in different ways. Um, the other thing we're seeing, frankly, is, you know, retail is one of those industries that is absolutely getting disrupted by the shift to the internet and digital. You know, we all know the Amazons of the world. Um, and so what I think that means is that retail companies need to find a way to, to build those great experiences with their customers, but really, you know, they need to find a way to differentiate their business and delivering a great service experience is what we're seeing a lot of companies do. You know, there's all these, there's all these unique business models. We look at like the dollar shave clubs of the world, which have totally disrupted the, the traditional retail model. And they're building an entire business based on sort of building this good relationship with their end users. Um, and so we're seeing a lot of that around retail. Again, I think it's, 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 it's those two trends, you know, retail has, has always been omnichannel or has traditionally been omnichannel and retail is being forced to, to really adjust um, and find new ways to differentiate in the, in the face of some of the disruption they're seeing in the industry. How that uptake varies by vertical. So we're talking about retail as, as opposed to industry and that sort of thing. How does size depend? Cause I always thought th- these sort of technologies were effectively taken up faster in enterprise is is that something that the report has seen or or, is, or does it really not affect depending on whether small businesses or mid-sized businesses might uptake these technologies yeah i mean we're we're seeing uptake across companies big and small um so i i wouldn't say that it's sort of only small companies or only large enterprises that are adopting omnichannel it's 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 really i think more a function of just um sort of how these businesses view their support structure and how they want to interact with their end customers. But no, we absolutely see small technology startups adopting Omnichannel from day one, but we also see large enterprises that are, that are frankly banking, you know, 
customer service and, and engaging with their customers is a key piece of their strategy. And so omni-channel is one of, one of the key pieces of what they're doing. So, um, yeah, we see it in both, you know, large customers like you know, the state of Tennessee in the United States, Stanley Black & Decker. But then we also see it, you know, among much uh, technology startups like Slack and smaller companies like Moniz. Um, so, yeah, it really, it really um, we see it across the board. And you've already touched on some of the, the, the benefits of omnichannel communication and some of the reason that they've been driven in theory with consumer demand. But what, what are some of the benefits that organizations get by adopting these channels, apart from keeping their customers happy in the first place and being able to communicate with them in, in as many mediums as possible? I feel like coming out of the research, we see two things. Now, one, you just touched on it. I mean, at the end of the day, the most important thing is, you know, serving customers in the way they want to be serviced. And so if customers want a business to be omnichannel, that's where a business needs to be. Um, but we actually did see in the data that omnichannel does drive some tangible results for businesses as well. For example, you know, I talked about the rise of live channels. We actually see that when companies adopt those live channels, they see uh, lower wait times and faster response times, which you know, not only are, there, are those good for consumers, but they actually, you know, that means an agent can handle more requests in a given day. So from an efficiency standpoint, it actually, it actually helps businesses as well. Um, and, and the other thing we're seeing is that, you know, Omnichannel helps, um, it helps businesses provide the right type of response for the right type of request. You know, sometimes as a consumer, I don't want to interact with the business. I just want to go get my answer solved. And in that case, you know, a company that has, you know, a good FAQ page or, you know, has a good knowledge base, I can go self-serve, get exactly the answer I want and then get on with my day. Um, but, you know, in the case of my, my puppy life jacket, if, uh, if, you know, I, if I have uh, something that's really important to me and I need to get a response immediately, that's when I might pick up live chat or, or phone. And so, um, you know, we saw again in the data that, that some of those channels, um, you know, they, they do actually make businesses more efficient for some of those more pressing for some of those more pressing requests that come in. Missing puppy life jacket is about as, is about as pressing as it, as it gets. <laughs> and you explained a bit about why Zendesk released the benchmark report in terms of you want to be able to enable your customers to provide better CX in the end but how does the Zendesk portfolio of products help customers look into transforming to be able to offer a full omni-channel customer service? You know our portfolio has sort of been built from day one to help businesses sort of I guess one avoid that, that negative interaction that, that I touched on early on but really just help businesses be in a position to, to engage their customers wherever they are and wherever they want to engage with the businesses and so that's what our portfolio of products is built for. Um, we have sort of, you know, have built out a portfolio that, that allows businesses to engage in any and all channels they want to with their customers. So companies that um, are only interacting with email may only choose one product, but companies that are going full omni-channel, you know, there's a, there's a portfolio of products and we have a suite that, that bundles everything up together, which gives businesses sort of everything they need to, to deliver on that, that omni-channel experience. That must be tied into Zendesk's overall strategy in, in, in terms of provision to customers. That omni-channel piece must, must be a critical facet of that. It is. I mean, I think I, I think I touched on it earlier, but, you know, ultimately we want the customer defines sort of how businesses need to, to support them. Um, and so we want to provide customers with 
a set of options that allow them to deliver on whatever model makes sense for their business and their customers. And increasingly, we are seeing sort of in this in this new digital world, omnichannel is increasingly um, one of those strategies. And so that's that's what the the suite of products has been built to to enable. Um, but again, we we want our customers to to choose the products that make sense for them and, and to deliver on, you know, kind of what makes sense for their end customers because every, every business is different and every consumer is different. Well, if any of the listeners want to, to look at the full report, where's the, where's the best place to find that? Yeah, we, um, so the, the full, uh, the full omnichannel reports as well as some other content we've, we've created uh, around our benchmarking data all sits on the Zendesk website. So if you go to zendesk.com slash benchmark, you can find all of that information there. And certainly there's, there's more to come on this topic. We're, we're really excited about sort of, you know, all the best practice and guidance that, that we can provide based on this data set. So we're excited what's, what's to come. Well, I realise we've done, and the report is, is, is very in-depth, and I realise we've done a very helicopter overview. But thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast and, and talking me through it. Yeah, no, Patrick, really appreciate the time. And uh, again, you know, would, would encourage people to, to check out the report. Um, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to sharing more of this, this information going forward. Huge thanks to Ted and to Zendesk for coming onto the podcast and sharing the report and some of its findings with us. As Ted said, if you want to look at this in more detail and the full benchmark report, head to Zendesk.com and you can find the full white paper there, along with loads more information. Also, if you want to understand more about customer experience and the platforms available, head to uctoday.com and search for CX. And there is loads of interesting articles and content there too. That's all for now, though. Thanks for listening.